This week on Plot Points Podcast, my guest co-host, writer-producer Joe Becker, talks about writing, the business of writing, and the wondrous Newport Beach Film Festival. This is Plot Points Podcast. Hi, this is Mark with Clock Points Podcast. Uh, it is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and um, I'm thrilled to have uh, one of my friends and a terrific writer, uh, film guy, Joe Becker, is with me today. Hi, Joe. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we got a lot to talk about, uh, so let's get to it. I, I did want to mention, uh, th- at this time, um, there, the OC Marathon is going on right now, and it was two years ago uh, to the day that I started this podcast. Uh, we are on episode 51. This is uh, 51. And it was hilarious because I was so excited to do this, but we used to record at a location in Newport Beach. And so I get in my car. I have all my equipment packed. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm prepared. And I hit the streets, and I could not get from where I live to Newport Beach because all the streets in the neighborhood were were um, barriered. It took, it literally took me 30 minutes to, to do a 10 minute drive. So, um, I, you know, quite auspicious beginning to this podcast. Um, that was, uh, at that, at that time it was with, uh, two friends of mine, Toby Walwork and Mary Claire Anderson, who then became Mary Claire Van Kempen, uh, who Joe knows also because they were, or are board members for OC screenwriters, which is also Joe. Joe has been, uh, part of OC Screenwriters for uh, I don't know how many years it's been, but uh, couldn't ask for a better guy. So, thank you. You're welcome. Um, anyway, so this is our two year kind of two year anniversary of uh, Plot Points podcast, and it's still a lot of fun. It has changed in the intervening years, but still, basically, what we laid out in uh, 2017 is what we're doing today. Well, let me give the audience, even though you've been on the podcast before, let me give him a little background. Joe is a, a quite accomplished businessman, but he's also a an amazing writer. Um, we have gotten to know each other in my class. He's taken my class for off and on for many years. Um, he's not currently doing it, which which kind of pisses me off. Uh, we keep <laughs> keep waiting yeah. for you to yeah, because he said I'm not writing, I'm not coming to class. Well, fuck you, Joe. I mean, come on, dude. Would give some give something back. I mean, he's also a great critiquer and has a great insight into films. So, when are you going to start writing again, Joe? Uh, soon. Oh, but okay. <laughs> at, at, right at the moment, I'm writing query letters, and I'm I'm focused on trying to sell a couple of the scripts I've written. So, mm. well, that's um, always good. And you, you know, you need to wear all those hats. So um, it, it's not, I mean, it, it's not my, uh, I'd rather be writing and I wish I was writing, but um, you know, I'm, I'm eager to, uh, to get something out there. And yeah. so I'm, I'm doing that and I'm making some progress. So it's, it's, uh, it's good. And, and, you know, screenwriters need to promote themselves. You, you need to, you need to focus on the business aspect of screenwriting every once in a while. And that's just the reality. So 
Yeah, and but I mean, why? In my opinion, the two are not mutually exclusive. Although they are, I mean, this is we might as well just talk about what we're working on. But yeah, you're writing and you're promoting. Why are you doing? I mean, in your opinion, why is it one or the other? Well, I don't think it is. It's um, um, I'm the kind of writer who uh, does not. Sometimes I don't immediately go to the next project when I finish one. Mm-hmm. There, there are times, that, infrequently, I've, there's a pattern where I um, take a break and I kind of let not writing destroy my life to the point where I absolutely have to start writing again. And that's, that's when I begin again. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's... Uh, I hear you. Uh, uh, you know, when I, I sort of reach the I'm at a low point, and I go, I, I better start writing again, otherwise I'm going to lose all my friends, and, and uh, I'm, I, I'm not a human being if I'm not writing. So, all right. Well, the the problem with that uh, assumption is, first of all, you have any friends, and second of all, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. All right. Yeah, Joe is um, <clears throat> one of the more prolific. Uh, people I know, um, even though, you know, it's been, you haven't, you've had, you haven't had much commercial success yet, but that's not because he doesn't work on it all the time. Um, his ideas are good. Execution is brilliant. Um, you know, it's just a matter, it's a numbers game as he'll, I'm sure Joe will tell you, you throw out, you know, what is it, Joe, the old, uh, 20, sa- 20 calls for one sale well, in Hollywood, it's probably a hundred or a thousand, um, well, and just get, getting them to answer the phone is, yeah. is part of the trick. Um, so it's it's a lot of gatekeepers out there. And yeah. when you you're in Orange County, that doesn't help you any. If you're if you're up in LA, you have access to networking events and things. It's um, kind of a who you know business, and it, you need to be out there shaking people's hands. And yeah, um, uh, you know, one of the few opportunities to do that is uh, the Newport Film Festival here in Orange County, which we're going to talk about later. I understand. So, yeah, um, yeah, I want to hear what you had to say about that. So. Yeah, the um, for me, it's always been Orange County. I've never had to live in L.A., but um, one of my good friends who I did seven films with has always said that the reason I haven't gone any further was because I don't live up there. And um, I'm not sure that's true or not true. I, I take your point. Down here, I mean, you tell somebody you've done 19 movies or you've had 19 movies done and they go, oh, that's cool. Up there, it's like you're a god, you know, because they, people up there know how hard it is uh, to, to to cross over, and and uh, so it, it is a different world, but it's still it's still possible to do. You just have to like you're doing query your you know query letter. I wish I had known you were doing query letters. We could have done a segment on that. Um, but tell tell everybody what a query letter is in general. Well, I mean, there's very few places that will read unsolicited scripts. If you start sending scripts out to producers and studios, you're going to get a letter back saying, here's your script. We didn't open it. We didn't right. look at it. We we are not interested in it. We have no idea what's in it. And if we're doing something similar, it's a pure coincidence. And please don't ever contact us again. <laughs> <Pretty much> <laughs> so um, what you can do is send one page query letter saying, uh, here's the title of my script and it's the greatest thing ever. And here's the log line. And please, I beg you, read it mm-hmm. and every once in a while you can get somebody to say okay i will read it um and uh so yeah. the, the, writing a one-page query letter is a is an art form you know you, you we need to tease your audience and you need to be extremely succinct and uh you need to give them a sense of the project and and it has to be what they're looking for you got to do a little bit of homework on who you're sending these to is is it the kind of genre they want is it the budget they want a lot of people looking for contained genre scripts nowadays. They want 
to produce movies for under a million bucks. And if you can, if you've written one of those and you can identify the people who, who might be interested and you focus a campaign on them, then that's uh, a good approach. Right. So, you know, it's like writing anything, you got to keep your audience in mind and you've got to deliver what they're looking for. Right. The, the process is basically, uh, as Joe's detailed, is to identify the people, the production companies or the production entities who might be interested in what you have, uh, basically. And, and you can do the war chest thing. You can say, I have several films that are blah, 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 but it's better to do one or two at the most. Uh, send them to, if you're, if you're, if you don't know who to send them to, find the mo- movie, find the producers or the production company, and then go on to IMDb Pro. And there's contact information there, and you can use that to to, uh, to email people. Um, I don't advise, and I don't think Joe would advise calling anyone because it's you know they get those calls many times a day. Um, well, the calls that I I am making are hi, I'm trying to get a hold of or email um, so-and-so, right. and I don't want to send information to info at yourproductioncompany.com. <laughs> Could you please give me his personal email or his business email address? How do I contact him directly so I can say, dear Mr. Whatever, right. here's my script? And often they will give me the, the email. Not that it's going to go to anyone other than a gatekeeper, even if you do that, but I, I just uh, I, I take that step. It's an extra step, and that that's the one phone call I do make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, and that's reasonable. That's not, um, hi, I need to talk to so-and-so, or can you put me through to, uh, you know, whatever. whatever. You did, that ain't going to happen. So. No, it's not. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. When I started in this business, um, before I sold anything, I was interning for an agent, and I would read, uh, you know, five to ten scripts a week and do coverage for her. Back in that those days, it was, you know, I had to drive to L.A., pick up the scripts, read physical, you know, piece work, paperwork, and then write up a, a, a summary com- coverage and then take it back to her. And uh, but the process was still the same. She would get a query letter from somebody. She would respond to that query letter. Uh, they would send her a script. Anything unsolicited went in the garbage. Um, anything that she asked for, she queried, went to me, and I did the coverage on the scripts. And um, I mean, it's the same process. It hasn't changed in 20-some years. So, uh, you know, what Joe's doing may sound, um, you know, archaic, but it really is the way that things are done these days. I, I, I don't know, Joe, you would, I think you would agree. You can't get wrapped up in the stories of, well, I went to this party and here was uh, Steven Spielberg's assistant and I pitched them and all of a sudden, I'm, you know, you you can't, that's a one in a million kind of thing. Well, and you can't really make that happen in your life. Whereas you can send out query letters. You can, right. uh, so, and, and you can subscribe to ink tip and you know, every once in a blue moon, somebody will, if you get their newsletter, will actually say, yeah, I'd like to read your script. I mean, Absolutely. That just happened. that's happened to me twice over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just last uh, two days ago, in fact, was the Oh, second. good. Yay. Um, congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's hopefully it'll turn into something. So which, which one was it? The dark. Oh, okay, great. All right. That's a great script. So yeah, that's probably my most marketable script. Mm. Yeah. Joe had a tendency to be very um, esoteric in his approach at one time. And somehow I've brought him down to my level as a whore to. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It took years, Mark. (laughs) It did. I brutalized you. Uh, It's it's actually kind of interesting. You know, screenwriting can be explained 
fairly quickly. I think in a semester or a year of taking screenwriting class, you can learn. I learned what screenwriting structure is, mm-hmm. but developing the discipline to follow what you've learned mm-hmm. and to avoid the temptation to say, well, I'll say, you know, this is just, I love what I'm writing. I'm, uh, this is fan. I don't need to follow the formula. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to write inside the Hollywood box. You know, developing that discipline took years. Yeah. Well, it's some people come to it like I was I was kind of pretty much that way from the beginning because I didn't I didn't have your higher sensibilities about film when I started. Um, but I mean, for me, it was easy because I was there immediately. And now I'm struggling to become a better writer at at some of the levels that you've already achieved, which are some of the esoteric stuff like like subtextual dialogue and. Well, I'd like love that. to help you, Mark, but you've dragged me down to your level. So <laughs> I can't pull you up anymore. <laughs> that's okay. I'm a successful horse, so that's all right with me. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, so I, let's talk a little bit about the Newport Beach Film Festival. Uh, this is a yearly event, and it's gone through some changes, um, but I – I think it's probably at its at its peak as far as functionality. They they, they seem like they're so organized and, and they've got it on rails. And uh, Joe uh, was able to attend um, through the Orange County Screenwriters Association, which is uh, an organization I started uh, in 2000, 2009, 2009, yeah, 2009. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how I mean, what were your impressions and what did you see and things like that? Uh, well, I saw four narrative features, um, and uh, I met a lot of filmmakers. This year was um, the biggest year ever. I mean, the growth in the festival has been steady and impressive, and the quality Indeed. quality has improved every year. Uh, there was some some features with uh, fairly big name actors this year, more mm-hmm. so than last year. You had. Uh, um, uh, I saw a movie called Tomorrow Man with John Lithgow and uh, Blythe Danner, uh-huh. and and I really liked it. Very quirky uh-huh. characters. So it's it's not a movie that is likely to get big distribution, but it'll get on Netflix and and it's worth watching if you mm-hmm. like quirky character studies. It, it was uh, you know a romance between a couple people in their seventies that are that are really out there. It was it was a fun movie for me to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a thriller, a Korean thriller, um, kind Korean. Of violent. Korea does great thrillers. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, production value was excellent, and uh, it had some. Um, there, there were moments where I was like, "Dude, call the cops!" You know, and, and uh, <laughs> but you know, it's a movie. Um, and I saw a French movie called "Say um, Salamor," which is tough to translate, but basically that's kind of how love goes. With mm-hmm. The way I translate that, and um, that was done very well um, mm-hmm. about a divorce and and the effect on the children. Um, and um and then uh, the fourth movie was oh the it was a a scottish movie about a uh um young woman living in glasgow as the movie opens she's getting out of prison mm-hmm. and her dream is is her dream is to go to nashville and become a country singer and uh oh, wow. <laughs> the the music is good she's an excellent vocalist and she's a good actress and it's completely predictable and formulaic but you you like her and you root for her and you love the music and so it worked it was a good movie oh that's great that that's something i would look definitely look forward to so yeah, the uh the festival itself i think is i think this was its 20th year um yes yes and it's existed under several owners, and right now uh, the guy who who pushes it through, Greg Schwank, has done a great job uh, with 
with it, like I said, every year it seems like it gets better and better and more organized. Yeah. Um, and Greg was there, you know, every minute of every day. He was yeah. int- introducing films at theaters, running from one theater to the next. He was at every party, networking and shaking hands. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a very hands-on uh, guy and, and did a, he does a great job. Uh, yeah, we're going to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was very impressed with the number of short films as well. And, right. Um, and you did an article uh, for the Orange County Screenwriters Association website, ocscreenwriters.org, uh, detailing uh, that the shorts. So I, I advise, or I would not advise, but everybody should go to the website and check that out. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, no worries. Um, I, I like the way they organize the shorts. I talk about that in the article. And um, they, they really give... Um, the way that they curate and, and, and group them together and put them into a theater so that you're watching six or seven shorts in a 90-minute span that have mm-hmm. some kind of a related relationship and mm-hmm. a thematic similarity uh, is, is really smart. And, uh, and it brings people in. It gives them exposure. Uh, there's over 200 shorts in the festival. Well, yeah. It's pretty impressive. And the shorts are A lot, a lot are of really good work, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Mary Claire came with came with me one year um, and we, her and I availed ourselves of a short, uh, exactly what you're talking about, grouped according to either the theme or, or something that had something in common. And it was great. It was, it was nice. Those vignettes are, they're, they're hard to do. It's hard to get that compelling narrative out in, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. Um, so. Oh, and you know, and you're expected to have an inciting incident and a, and a plot point and a absolutely. midpoint. And, you know, Everything, you have, the structure has to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they had over 1,400 films submitted, short films submitted. So wow. they, they, uh, you're pretty well um, going to see some good, good stuff. A lot of young filmmakers, very eager to talk. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was easy to meet people. And, 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 and interesting for me to learn, I asked every one of them that I met, how did you get the money and how did you get this movie made? Mm-hmm. And, you know, some just begged friends and family for money. Others went to corporations and entered contests. Others went to government agencies you know if you're in foreign countries there are a lot of film commissions and film offices that have money available you submit a you submit a, a it's almost like a grant proposal mm-hmm. and uh, and they say yeah let's go make this movie it's got um, uh, it's got stuff that that we want to uh, get out there and let people get exposed to there's a history of scotland here that no one knows about so the scottish film commission's giving you some money go make mm-hmm. your movie mm-hmm. it's um and other people did crowdfunding um other people just made their movies so damn cheaply that uh, they were able to do it as, as student films. And, yeah. Um, well, they they do have a student film day. It's on Sunday. Yes. Uh, and uh, those are to me those are always the highlights of the festival because they're 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 like watching puppy dogs. Uh, you know, they're great. They're enthusiastic. Every once in a while, they trip over their own feet or or fall down or something. But it's great to watch that enthusiasm and that um, the joy that comes out of those films. Um, definitely uh, worthwhile. So, so the, and some, not just college, they have some, some films from Orange County school of arts, which is a high school. Oh yeah. Um, oh, okay. And uh, where my, my daughter happens to attend. So I take an interest in that. Of and, course. Uh, it's uh, it's a great opportunity and, a, and, and I'm really uh, impressed with the festival and the, and the work they do. And I'm glad they're growing. 
Um, yeah, me too. It's also fun. I mean, they, they really support the filmmakers. There's a lot of parties and, and mm-hmm. events and mm-hmm. stuff to go to, to, to meet other filmmakers and, and network. Um, so here in Orange County, we don't have enough of that. And, and that it's a great eight days um, every uh, April. Yeah. And you can, you can usually find, uh, they have, they always have a w- website up. It's Newport Beach Film Festival. I think it's, I don't know what the URL is, but I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, you sh- those of you who are in the area and even those of you who are not should support the festival and what it tries to accomplish because it's an equal it's equal parts commercial. And as uh, Joe was saying, support for students and young filmmakers. And we, we just don't have enough of that. So, um, OK, that was great. Um, we, I want to just mention that we are plotpoints.com. I'm here with uh, a friend, Joe Becker, who is a uh, just a terrific writer. Um, actually, just a good guy. I should, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to gush over him, but he's really, he re- is really a good friend, and it's been a joy to know you over the past couple years, Joe. Oh, I say the same about you, and 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 you taught me more about screenwriting than a lot of teachers I've had over the years. So uh, mm, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, and I do have classes through uh, Orange Coast College uh, community education, not through the co- not through the college, uh, the main college, but through community ed. Um, you can find that online. I, there's there's links in the show notes. Uh, we are also part of Orange County Screenwriters Association, which has been in uh, continuing business since 2009, uh, and we do on the on the ground events, and then we have great contributors to the website like Joe himself who threw up an article, and I'm going to throw up a couple after uh, this week after the podcast on writers. Um, in fact, right now I want to do – this was a segment that I started back two years ago, and um, it started with Rod Serling, who was one of my heroes um, of television, but also of just writing. He's just was incredible. But I want to do a profile on Francis Ford Coppola. And the reason I read it um, as opposed to just talk about it is because I learned my lesson from that first podcast that if you try to extemporaneously talk about um, somebody without having some sort of structure to it, it ends up being garbage. Um, so I've stopped being garbage, hopefully. And, and uh, this, is, this is something I write down every podcast that we do these segments. Uh, last week, I did uh, Patty Chavsky. And this week, it's going to be Francis Ford Coppola. So, so Joe, just sit this one out. Let me, you can talk after we, uh, we, I'd like to talk to you about some of his work, because I know you're a big fan of his. Um, obviously, uh, we both are. So uh, in the name, if the name, uh, start that again. Cut this out, Mark. If the name Francis Ford Coppola is familiar, but you don't know him beyond the Academy Award-winning movie The Godfather, then you're missing a great body of work that started early and defined a brilliant career. A writer, director, producer, and surprisingly composer was born in Detroit. His father, Carmine, was a flautist in the Detroit Symphony, and his maternal grandfather was Italian composer Francesco Pinino. So perhaps his musical learnings leanings aren't all that surprising. Coppola's middle name Ford was from the car company because his father had a long association with the Ford Sunday Evening Hour, a musical show in the 30s and 40s sponsored by Ford. His talented family features his sister, actress Talia Shire, nep- nephew Nicholas Cage, and award-winning daughter, writer-actress-director Sofia Coppola, also granddaughter Gia Coppola, and Jason Schwartzman, who is another nephew. 
Coppola had polio as a child and was bedridden for big swaths of his childhood. While sick, he did puppet theater productions, which was a great precursor for the writer and director he would become. Initially trained as a musician, Coppola decided that film instead would be his calling. His older brother, August, helped him cement his decision, and Francis attended Hofstra and UCLA as a theater major. Writing was Coppola's first love, and he made an impact with such scripts as This Property is Condemned, Is Paris Burning, and You're a Big Boy Now. Finian's Rainbow was Coppola's chance to direct after the success of You're a Big Boy Now. Even though Finian wasn't a huge commercial or critical success, it created a lifelong bond with George Lucas, who would become a personal and professional influence. In the 70s, the so-called New Hollywood was born and included Coppola as well as a star-studded cast of characters like Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Robert Altman, Woody Allen, William Friedkin, Philip Kaufman, Brian De Palma, Terrence Malick, and George Lucas. This is perhaps the greatest decade of film ever seen, and Coppola's productions top that list. Patton began the decade, followed by Coppola's greatest commercial and critical achievement, The Godfather, in 1972. As co-writer on the script with Mario Puzo, Coppola resisted directing The Godfather because of what he felt was its glorifications of the mafia. Thank God he didn't listen to his inner voice, because rather than glorifying the criminal empire, it told a brutal and cautionary tale of power that corrupts absolutely. Godfather won both, both Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars. In 1973, American Graffiti created a huge impact, with several of Coppola's actors going on to fame, including Ron Howard, Richard Dreyfuss, and Harrison Ford. The Library of Commerce deemed the film culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. In 1974 came the conversation. The paranoid thriller remains one of the finest achievements of that genre of film. The rumor was that the equipment used in the movie was the same equipment that Nixon's dirty trick goons used in Watergate, but Coppola denied any direct connection because the script for the conversation, <clears throat> the script for the conversation was actually written in the 60s before Nixon was elected. The Great Gatsby followed the conversation. Robert Redford, who starred in Gatsby, also starred in The Way We Were, which had Coppola as an uncredited writer. Then a movie called The Finest Sequel Ever Written, The Godfather Part Two, added to Coppola's fame. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, received six, including three for Coppola for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Director. The Bizarre, Surreal, amazing apocalypse now in 1979 cemented the decade as not only Coppola's finest, but perhaps the finest decade of film period for all time. In the 80s, Coppola was busy with films like The Outsiders, Rumblefish, One from the Heart, and many more. But in my opinion, he never achieved the glory of that previous decade, even though The Cotton Club in 1984 is one of my favorite films. In all, Francis Ford Coppola or his films have been nominated for 80 Oscars, winning 24, along with a multitude of BAFTAs and Golden Globes and hundreds of other awards for all aspects of filmmaking. Coppola's studio, American Zoetrope, and his winery are still very viable, and his IMDb page lists the movie Metropolis as being in pre-production, which is great news. Coppola just turned 80 on April 7th. Long may the new Hollywood, now the slightly older Hollywood, reign. So, Joe... Francis Yo. Ford Coppola, wonderful, wonderful uh, filmmaker. Just an absolute giant. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you just mentioned all those awards he won, but he also won the Palme d'Or 
at yes. Cannes. And, yes. and, I, and I believe he won it twice. Yes. And there's very few American filmmakers who, who can say that. Yeah, I um, agree. Um, so I, you seem to think Apocalypse Now, which is a great, great movie, I, uh, is his best film. Um, no, I think, the God, I think The Godfather is his best film. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know that it's really uh, uh, worth a discussion of what, what's the, the, his best, best film. They're all fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, Without and, a doubt. Um, I, I liked Apocalypse Now a lot. I was a little leery at first uh, because it, it's so loosely based on, on, a, on a very great novel that, that I happened to uh, really – that book affected me, Heart of Darkness, significantly mm-hmm. when I read it. And, mm-hmm. But it's not credited. It's not – based on the novel it, it's not like they bought the rights uh, it, it was just, and so i didn't i didn't uh i didn't really understand the uh, I, I don't think that that would that would fly in today's world they they wouldn't be able to release uh statements by a filmmaker like oh it's loosely based on a novel they, they, there would be too much liability um so i don't I, think conrad's not i think conrad's novels are in public domain public domain at this point okay yeah well, i don't think it's an issue of I think it was based. It was. It's just the journey, the river and the journey. Uh, you know, up the river, going into the heart of darkness, which is uh, you know Marlon Brando at the other end of that. I think that's what they're trying to. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's. I think that's what made it so strong. Was it was based on great literature. Well, I, I also really enjoyed Patton. Um, yeah, it was in, great. in addition. In addition to being you know historically interesting. Uh, and, a, and a fantastic character. It just was an entertaining movie. I mean, I, I loved it. Uh, so um, that, that's I, my personal favorite movie he ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it many times, and I just mm-hmm. never tire of it. Um, so, um, but I just don't think there's a lot of uh, American filmmakers that get acceptance in in Europe and uh, the European film community. And that you could say the you know he's listed among all those great filmmakers some of whom you know well especially spielberg um uh you know who make very commercial movies uh everything coppola ever did you know had strong thematic content and really mm-hmm. he he always had something to say mm-hmm. like he's he's a true artist and uh you know we, we need more of that in hollywood oh absolutely but i i mean to me the palm d'Or, the palm d'Or is a great honor it to me it's not the the pinnacle of achievement for any any filmmaker uh and and i mean we you and i differ a little bit in in what is a success for a film and if we're talking about spielberg his stuff may be not as thematically strong as perhaps Coppola's or or uh, any of the greats, but you know I think he made up for that over the years. But but he started, you know, the seventies were one of this incredible decade where everything changed, everything. Period. The the way that I mean, you know, the, the Avengers Endgame is a direct descendant of Spielberg's Jaws, and uh, the stuff we're seeing on television is a direct descendant of a lot of the stuff that Coppola or Terrence Malick or some of the other esoteric directors uh, started, writer-directors started in the 70s. So there's something to be said for all of them, and I know, I know you're not diminishing any of that. I know that you, you, you fundamentally agree with it. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, all those filmmakers uh, are generally 
that, that are considered among his his contemporaries that, that, that revolutionized the the industry or people like Altman and um, Scorsese. Um, Spielberg is among them, and he's probably the most commercial among them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yes, he was. I don't know that he is still, but um, but when you look at Amistad and um, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Color Purple, Color Purple, yeah, Schindler's List. Uh, um, By the uh, way, Coppola won the Palm d'Or for Apocalypse Now. Yeah, and for the conversation, I think the conversation. Yeah, which which I think are they're they're just insanely good films. But I love Patton too. Patton's so fun. It's such a great film. I mean, George C. Scott just eats the screen, but definitely because of the script and the uh, directing. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm aware that that script, the conversation was written prior to Watergate, mm-hmm. but I, I've always wondered whether the government was paying attention to Coppola. I mean, he's ah. he's what you might call a social media influencer. And in those days, you know, they were watching John Lennon. Right. Um, he, they might have viewed him as a threat and had him under surveillance. And, and maybe all that equipment is something that he was familiar with. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you just never know. That's I mean, an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, theory. I like it. I like it. So we should write you and I should write a script about the conversation uh, where the filmmaker becomes suddenly paranoid that the government is watching him make that film i think that would be a lot of that that, that would be yeah yeah all right be. let's not let's not talk on the air anymore about that so I'm gonna... <laughs> i'll cut it out so <laughs> anyway i've been on a on a uh, mission to make the podcast shorter and more punchy and uh, i think joe you did we i just had such a great time talking to you we're gonna we're gonna call it a day for now but um you know your insight, uh, your 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 work ethic, all that stuff really shows shines brightly in any conversation that uh, anybody has with you about film. Um, Hollywood, if you're listening, if I can make a plea, this is one guy who really deserves to get his script made soon. Um, he's he's this is a this is a true believer. He loves the business. He loves film. Um, he he des- of all my friends which I have a, a lot of them who are writers. This is one guy who deserves to t- get a break. So, Joe, I hope that whatever you're doing, uh, even if you're not in my class anymore uh, for a while, um, I hope it's a, a massive success for you. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me on. Um, and I'm, you know, I'll always wind up back in your class at some point. Um, so <laughs> just, just be patient. Um, and, uh, if anyone wants to check out, uh, any of my writing, they can at my website, joebeckerfilms.com. Um, thanks very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and to, and to be on your show and, uh, have a great day. I look forward to listening to the next one. Okay, thanks. Well, I will put all of Joe's contact information, including his IMDb page, uh, in the show notes. And uh, like he said, you can get to his uh, scripts. He puts them up on JoeBeckerFilms.com. You can check them out there. Um, Also, you may find him wandering around film festivals or something. So if if you see him, say hello. I'm always at Sundance and I'm always at Newport. There you go. Uh, When Sundance? Uh, Sundance in January every January. year, and and I will be at Seal Beach this year because my script Bridges is a finalist in their screenplay contest. Wow! Congrats! Yeah. I didn't know that. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Talk, talk about uh, burying the lead. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, anyway, with all that, um, my thanks to Joe Becker uh, and to the men and women of the Orange County Screenwriters Association. Um, If you need to find a a screenwriting class, I'm out there. Uh, You can find information in the show notes. We are plotpoints.com. And as always, be inspired. Do good work.